The second base position for the Pittsburgh Pirates will likely be manned by one person at the beginning of the year, but there are plenty that could take his spot. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty, everybody, and welcome back to that Locked On Pirates podcast. I hope you guys are all having a phenomenal Thursday, March 16th, and my name is Ethan Smith, your host of that Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. And joining me on Thursday, as he always does now, not not very, <laughs> very long, but very, very going to be long, as he'll be here every Thursday for the regular season, is Craig from Bucks Basement. Craig, how are you today, kind sir? I'm doing good, brother. Like you said, it's March 16th here, uh, St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, spring training games in full swing. And when you look at the calendar, you can look ahead and and pretty close on the horizon is is opening day in Cincinnati. So, yeah, there's a lot of roster decisions. I still think that are maybe a little bit up in the air. Yes, and uh, we're going to be talking about one of those to kick off today's show um, because the Pirates, for for what it's worth, have given themselves a situation that's both good to be in and a situation that's not so great to be in. Uh, the situation that's great to be in is a situation they haven't been in in a long time where they have actual options, Craig, at certain positions, things that they haven't seen in quite some time. And you look at the outfield, for instance, Travis Swaggerty and Kanan Smith and Jigba are having phenomenal spring trainings for what it's worth. They're fitting themselves into the mold there. You look at the starting pitching rotation and who could eventually end up there. And then you go to what we're going to talk about today, the second base position, which a lot of people remember during my season preview series. I talked about Rodolfo Castro and what that position would look like in 2023. But things have happened since I recorded that episode about a month ago, where they bring in a guy like Mark Mathias who, uh, from the Texas Rangers who has a chance possibly to crack into this mold at second base. And I've also said that Rodolfo Castro is going to have to play well to keep his spot there. So ultimately, I think we're on the same page here that Rodolfo Castro will probably start the season as the second baseman. But... Before we recorded this and started, you brought up a great point about all these guys that they have. Where are the at-bats going to come from, Craig? Where, I mean, where are they going to come from with the multitude of guys that they have at their expense right now at these primary positions of need? That's where, where my mind completely goes, and it's not just at-bats at the major league level. It's also at-bats at AAA. So let's just say you have Rodolfo Castro. Let's just say that you know he goes down to AAA. You have Nick Gonzalez there who plays second base. G1 Bay isn't, you know, locked for an opening day roster spot. So you have him playing second base down there. I mean, Leover Pagaro, uh, shortstop and second base. So you have all those those spots that <laughs> those guys need playing time. And on the major league roster, if if Rodolfo Castro doesn't win the second base job and I mean, let's just go through the spring training stats here. I, I went through them real quickly, you know, as we were getting prepared here 
has 32 at bats. He's batting like 188. Uh, hasn't had a single walk, but has about 13 strikeouts in those at bats. And it's not something that you want to see coming into spring training. It was not really a discussion, even though I think Derek Shelton made the comment uh, prior to spring training that, Hey, we don't have, you know, our every day. There isn't a guy. It was pretty much like across the board, people's opinions that, you know, Rodolfo Castro was going to get that starting job. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Obviously, hasn't performed that well in spring training. Uh, like I said, you bring in a Mark Mathias, uh, Chris Owings, bringing him in uh, as a guy who I think I had put him on the bench because you don't really care if he gets a ton of at-bats or not, and he could fill in in a multitude of positions. But this whole thing that's come out like within the past couple of days on uh, social media, I haven't seen it from you know any of the beat reporters or anything yet. And, and maybe that'll trickle out of uh, Rodolfo Castro possibly starting the year in triple A. Like I said, I'm just trying to figure out where it bats come from. And if he's not your opening day, it's it's not like G1 Bay has hit the cover off the ball. Tucapita Marcano has performed, you know, kind of okay, but yeah, it's just, where are you going to get these guys a bunch of at bats? And are you just going to kind of, you know, chalk it up there to just, you know, dusting a little bit of the rust off in the beginning of spring training for Rodolfo, because it wouldn't be like he would be the only potential opening day starter who hasn't gotten off to you know the quickest start? Uh, Jack Swinski not hitting great. Brian Reynolds not hitting great. Carlos Santana not hitting great. G Man Choi not hitting great. And I know those guys are more of you know aside from Swinski are more of the veteran type guys that you're not even really questioning. But if you're starting to question Rodolfo Castro, then you got to start questioning whether or not Connor Joe is going to be the opening day starter as you know, in place of Jack Sawinski. I mean, wouldn't you have start having that conversation as well? But I mean, that's moving off a of second base. I just, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that happening. Could it happen, man? Anything's possible with this team. I'm just worried about, you know, those at bats moving forward. Yes. And <clears throat> before yesterday, when I talked about it on my show yesterday, um, there's a certain highly touted prospect in the Pittsburgh Pirates system. I don't know his name or anything, so I'm not going to throw it out there. But he just so happens to play catcher and has also played first base and has also played second base and has also played outfield. I'm kidding. I'm doing this to rile you up Who for everybody listening or watching. They're going to be like, oh, Rodriguez again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've also said if none of these guys come out at second base. Now, this is me being serious. I've come out and said this, that if none of these guys at second base really do it for Pittsburgh by the time Super 2 and all that comes out, is it really all that weird to think they might try Andy at second? Probably, because I think he's going to be catching He's going to be catching when he gets up here, I think, to start off. And then when Davis comes up next year, that's when things will get kind of all shaky and movie around. But... I do agree with your point on if you're going to question Rodolfo Castro here, you got to question some of the younger guys too. And personally, I don't think the veterans should be as off the table as 
some may think they are. Just because you're a veteran, if you're playing like crap, dude, you're playing like crap. And those guys that can come up and fulfill these needs and probably give the same level of production with looks to the future. I think that's going to be a real conversation when a guy like Malcolm Nunez eventually is ready to come up to the major league level. If Santana and G-Man Choi ain't getting it done, there's none of this veteran seniority crap to me. It's going to be, hey, you better pick it up. And I think you got to think the same way like that with Key Brian Hayes. Jared Triolo can slot in that spot if Key Brian Hayes isn't getting it done. O'Neill Cruz, you got guys that could slot in there. I think that's the beauty of where the Pirates are, though, is it feels like for the first time in years, Craig, that we finally have vi- like viable positional battles going on and that it's not just plug-and-play whoever you can find in the system that you feel is ready, quote-unquote. And I think that's a great spot to be in. It doesn't feel like a great spot to be in sometimes because the lineup changes every single day. But for the better... Would you rather be in this position or the position we've been in the last three years? I'd rather be in this position, especially when you want to see this stuff get sorted out. Uh, I mean, we've talked about the last couple of years as being, you know, glorified tryouts, but at some positions, I think those quote unquote tryouts are going to continue, but it's, it is going to look a little bit different. It's going to look like, you know, guys that you want to see play and hopefully less of, you know, <laughs> the name of like a Josh Van Meter. And I think that's why people are, you know, going so crazy when you see a name like like Chris Owings uh, on on my show. I don't know if it was, you know, this week or the week before Chris and I had kind of talked about as long as Chris Owings is used as, you know, that replacement uh, off day type of guy then, you know, we can kind of put that Josh Van Meter, you know, comparison to rest. But yeah, I mean, if you look at Rodolfo Castro, the the other one that was like popping into my mind is, is Nick Gonzalez. I mean, they're starting to report and I've seen, you know, little rumblings out there that Nick Gonzalez is going to be starting in, uh, in, in triple a, well, he plays second base primarily has shown that he can play be a little bit versatile and play some third base. I mean, in a pinch could play some shortstop, but once again, it just starts the conversation all over again, because you have Jared Triolo playing third base and first base. You mentioned Malcolm Nunez, probably a first base slash DH Mason Martin for all it's worth is still there as a first base slash DH. So you take Rodolfo Castro and put him down there. Nikki G Pagaro. G1 Bay, Jared Triola, you're you're starting to look at all that stuff. And, you know, people would be like, oh, just put Jared. He's been playing some uh, some outfield. I mean, you see uh, you see Chavez Young, you know, kind of balling out in the World Baseball Classic there. We haven't got to see him in spring training, but he's still getting his work in. I is a possibility in the outfield there. If Travis Swaggerty, Cal Mitchell, Kanan Smith and Jigba, I Mark Mathias, Ryan Vallad, for for what it's worth, is, is still there. I Lolo Sanchez push, pushing up from Double A to Triple A. So you're saying like, okay, you're going to get those guys at bats. Well, I'm listing off like seven or eight guys that that need at bats at you know two to three positions uh, regularly in Triple A. I, I kind of was just like doodling my. Uh, my triple a roster uh this morning 
because I mean, in on on Bucks uh, basement, and we have like a little preview series that I've been doing called Minor League News and Brews, and I got Indianapolis coming up next week, and I'm just like, I have three guys at first base, three guys at you know DH, three guys at third base, and with that conversation, I put, I did put Rodolfo Castro question mark, but there's like three or four guys at second base there. Mm -hmm. So I, I I don't want him to be comfortable and assuming that that is his position, but if it's his position to lose, I don't really know how someone could say that someone has else, someone else has won that position. I don't think that, I mean, if G1 Bay was, you know, and I know it's spring training stats, but was performing off the charts or Tucapita Marcano was performing off the charts, then maybe I could be having that conversation. I I just, based on the way he finished last season, Rodolfo Castro finished the season fairly well when he came back up, you know, after the unfortunate, you know, cell phone incident got, you know, suspended for a game by major league baseball and then, you know, hit pretty well. I would want to play more off of that track record than, you know, what he's done in 32 plate appearances in spring training. And I mean, we do still have, you know, almost two weeks of spring training left from today. I mean, two weeks from today is opening day, you know, weather permitting in Cincinnati. That's why they have that, you know, next day off. So it could be opening day on the 31st. But I mean, you still have two weeks to kind of make those decisions and try to see how it's going to play out. And I think that that's what the, I mean, especially once the world baseball classic is over and everybody's back, I'd be looking at that last week. Um, those last few games uh, to try to see what, you know, the, the roster is going to look like. I just can't say at this point in time that, that Rodolfo Castro, maybe he's in danger. Maybe they want to light a fire underneath him. Maybe that's kind of the rumblings that have been going around. Like, Hey, Rudy, this isn't your, your position, we said it was kind of your position to lose, but you're not doing anything to win it. I don't know, man. I Like I said, I just keep on going back to where are the at-bats going to come from? And I can't see them putting you know, Chris Owings out there at starting at second base. Even at that point in time, I would still see Castro as, as the backup because he can play second base, you know, shortstop and third base, then he would be your utility guy. Mm-hmm. So, so I, even if, even if he wouldn't win the starting job, I, I don't see anybody that's taken that position from him just yet to bump him the whole way down, you know, to triple a, I, I, I just can't see it right now. Yeah. And I agree. I, I just don't see a world where he doesn't start at least like you mentioned, at least as a utility guy on this roster. And I keep telling everybody, Craig, about FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on. March Madness kicks off today. Go bet on all those games. Uh, if you listen to me right now, I'm going to tell you two things. There's two games you need to watch out for in terms of games that can win you some money. Oral Roberts upsetting Duke, College of Charleston upsetting San Diego State. 
I will probably be wrong on both of those. I understand that. It is okay. I'm just asked to give it for my ad read. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win, so just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored to the spread, the totals, the player points, rebounds, assists, and more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet, which should be on the Pirates winning more than 68 and a half games, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the LockedOn Podcast Network. I've said that on my ad read for the last three weeks, that the Pirates are a 68 and a half over-under and they still have not changed it, even though I've continuously told people to, to, to bet the over on that, on that win total for the reasons that we're talking about now is, I mean, you look at second base and you, I mean, we literally just had a 15-minute conversation about one position. On top of that, you could go to the outfield and say, okay, Chavez Young, as you mentioned, has had a phenomenal WBC um, Travis Swaggerty has had a phenomenal spring. Kanan Smith and Jigba has had a pretty good spring. There's a lot to like there, too. Pitching-wise, Luis Ortiz and Johan Oviedo are going to insert themselves into that fold eventually. But one place that I do want to get that has been interesting, and I talked about it yesterday on trends that I want to see go away for the Pirates in 2023, what, what's going on with this bullpen, Craig? Because ever since the Harleen Garcia injury... It feels like there's not a lot going on that's of liking, if that makes any sense. Like, it feels like things are just kind of being put together. And that makes me think, I mean, do you use some of these prospects that you don't know if you're going to find spots for them to trade for some relief help? Um, Chris and I just talked about this on the show that came out on Wednesday, and we said no uh, just because of the number of – you know, NRIs that we have on our team that are that are left-handed. Um, Angel Perdomo just came out and had a, a pretty good outing the other day. Uh, you got Caleb Smith. You've got uh, Zamora, Zerzinski, Kent Emanuel. There's just so many they could go through there. And, and not that we want to see it happen, but maybe even, you know, an NRI that's let go from another team. Or – you're going to see these cut downs until like we know exactly how serious this injury is to Harleen Garcia. I mean, I know, you know, as of last week, he couldn't grip a baseball and that's pretty important for, you know, a, re- a left-handed reliever is to actually be able to grip the baseball that you're going to throw. Um, but I mean, even if it's a 60 day, um, IL stint. I mean, that would take you through April and May. You'd still possibly, hopefully, get him back in June. You have that option for him for next year. So I don't know if it's like, would you even jump to replace him if it's only going to be the first two months of the season and give up, you know, some sort of capital uh, for that period of time? I mean, 
it de- I guess it would depend what people are thinking about with this capital. I mean, y- you went out and you got Mark Mathias and you gave up Ricky DeVito. I mean, it's a guy you had acquired, but it was a guy that was you know, down there in double A, hadn't really, you know, done a ton since since he was acquired. Uh, you know, you take a, a Nick Garcia, who right. was going to be part of possibly the Altoona rotation to bring in Connor Joe. So I, I wonder like when people are saying or and thinking about capital, I don't know if it's like all the stuff at the top, especially since it hasn't sorted stuff out or just maybe people that are, I don't know, still have some shine on them, but would be down in like Greensboro or Altoona. But I mean, and stuff would have to fit. I mean, you'd have to find, a left-handed reliever that a team is willing to let go of, whether it be for, you know, a cash dump or maybe doesn't fit on the roster. And he would have to be better than, you know, the options that you have from your NRIs. I mean, it would have to be a very specific, you know, yeah. case. It, it just, to me, and I mean, even we've seen uh, Tyler Samanego, uh, who pitched pretty well in relief last year for the for the Pirates uh, for you know for for Altoona Indianapolis? Uh, we've seen him in some of the games this year. He got knocked out of the game unfortunately on on Sunday because he was getting hit around a little bit. But and then they bring back uh, a Braden Ogle who we had traded away, and there's just there's a decent amount of guys that I could see them run through in the time that they're trying to figure out. I mean, if it came out, you know, let's say what always happens, we record this. And as you're pointing it out and putting it together, Ethan, that it comes out that, you know, Harleen Garcia got a second opinion and he's going to have you know, season ending surgery. Then that may change my opinion a little bit. I still think that they would probably just run through that list that I talked about. And especially those guys that want to make a major league team at some point in time. I mean, with those NRIs, we don't know if they have opt-outs, if they don't make it. But if they're the left-handed relievers and they find out that the Pirates only quote-unquote kind of veteran left-handed reliever outside of, you know, your rule five pick, they may stick around in AAA because they know they're probably going to get a shot at the majors at some point this year. Is it the best options? I mean, who knows? But I just don't see the Pirates, you know, taking that that risk. I mean, Ben Sherrington has shown that, you know, you have one catcher and he goes down and he doesn't trade any of that draft capital to bring in a, a, what would be a more – <laughs> I mean, important position on the field, your, your field general and your catcher when Roberto Perez goes down, I really don't see them trading draft capital to bring in a guy who it probably at most, if they kill his arm is going to pitch like 72 to 75 innings in relief. I, I just really don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to run through, and and whether, you know, people agree with that or not, I think that's what's going to happen. And especially with relievers, I mean, relievers are so fickle. You could have a guy, like I remember last offseason, you know, it's like, oh, well, we've got David Bednar 
and Chris Stratton's backing him up. So that part of the bullpen is, is like kind of solved. Well, Chris Stratton came out and stunk and ended up being part of, you know, the, the Jose Quintana deal to, to the Cardinals and, you know, really hasn't been the same and really wasn't that great before he came to Pittsburgh. He just kind of flashed. So it's, it's almost like trying to get that lightning in a bottle with a, you know, Perdoma with, you know, Zamora, Caleb Smith, who actually did the relief work, you know, the past couple years and wasn't great, but was serviceable. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in that role in the bullpen. So I think they would be giving those guys a bunch of the shots. I mean, especially till, till we figure out exactly, you know, what is going to go on with Harley and Garcia. And like I said, if he comes back in say June, then you still have how much of the season to see if you want to, you know, pick pick his contract up for the next year and, and give yourself, you know, kind of that option. So yeah, I, the bullpen to me, I, I don't know. I, from year to year, it's been every off season. Oh, the bullpen looks like it's coming together. And then by midway through the season, it's like, Oh my God, the bullpen's in shambles. Uh-huh. I, it's because the bullpen, like bullpen arms are finicky and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. I mean, of course, like Will Crow, everybody says, you know, well, Will Crow looks terrible at times this spring training. Well, at other times, he looks really good. Uh, I saw him pitch on, like, it was either Saturday or Sunday, and it'll show that he gave up a couple hits. Well, those couple of hits that he gave up was like soft contact that got put up in the wind, and the outfielders, you know, couldn't gauge what it was going to be, and they just kind of dropped in. So, yeah, it's going to come up as a hit. But realistically, and and what is he doing on his off days in, in his bullpen sessions, you know, with, with Justin message and Oscar Marine, what are they seeing from those? So, I mean, it, it's just kind of like, we're going to have to see how this plays out, but at, at the moment, I don't see them trading any capital to get a relief arm. I, I just really don't see that happening. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it would have to take a lot, for them to do it. It's just something that I understand why people are thinking about it because it is going to become an issue if Harley and Garcia is out for a while. But at the end of the day, it is just a reliever. You can find one like NRI. You could find one maybe even in free agency for all I know. It, it's something that the pirates will eventually figure out. And the one thing that we've also seen from Ben Charrington that I think is still a reason I actually had somebody yesterday ask me how I come on this show and be positive all the time. And part of that positivity as of right now is Ben Charrington and the fact that I know when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. You look at the track record of the things he said he's going to do as a Pittsburgh Pirates GM, nine times out of ten, he's gotten it done. I mean, realistically, the only times that you can really sit there and say, okay, this is a little weird, is you had Brian Reynolds as an all-star that year, and a lot of people thought he was going to be traded, and Charrington kind of hinted at it a couple of times that he would be alongside Adam Frazier, and he wasn't. Now that situation is obviously where it is now. There's been other times, too, like last year with Roberto Perez. You mentioned he goes down. He didn't want. He didn't care, really, to go out and get some stopgap catcher knowing that he has Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. But the other big thing about this team is, yes, 
me and Craig could sit here all day and say they have all the options in the world. This is going to work itself out the way it's supposed to. That's how it always works in baseball. That's one constant you can always go back to, is it is always going to work itself out the way it's supposed to. But there's an argument here that we're saying these are options. We've seen these guys play a little bit. But this is really more for Ben Charrington at this point because we haven't really seen a lot of Ben Charrington products yet. And we're getting there. We're on the precipice of this happening. This is going to be a very interesting year for Pittsburgh because of that fact. Because you're going to start seeing some Ben Charrington guys come up and make their debuts. And if they flame out, that it's going to get real interesting. That's yeah, all is, I have to say. Yeah, this is definitely where the rubber meets the road. And, and I, I mean, for those that are watching on you know YouTube or whatever, I, I see your your Georgia, th- your your jersey or your pullover back there, and it, it makes me like I've equated Ben Charrington's tenure. Uh, with the Pirates so far in a GM is when a college football coach gets hired and you say you don't really judge a a GM, you know, you don't judge that college football coach until his first recruiting class actually becomes contributors uh, in like the everyday lineup. So it'd be like, you know, a college football coach takes over a program that's in shambles or, you know, is falling apart or is, you know, being quote unquote, you know, built back up and, you know, saying, well, he had a losing record in his first you know two seasons. So now we need to fire him. Well, he wasn't the guy that went and sat down with those guys and got them to, you know, sign their commitments to the team to come on when he starts to use those guys as like, you know, you went out and recruited your quarterback, your running back, your wide receivers, you know, your defense, all that kind of stuff. Then we can start to judge the team with Ben Charrington. I mean, this is the first year where I think we can, can really, you know, in some ways start to judge him as if, you know, his players start to come up and don't perform well, or, some of his players that he's selected or traded for start to flame out uh, before they even make it to the big league roster. And I think that's what I'm going to be looking at over this year and next year. And by the end of, you know, 2024, it's going to be, well, how many, you know, Ben Charrington acquisitions, Ben Charrington, you know, draft picks, trade, whatever it would be are on the major league roster. And, also, how has he you know, developed the guys who were still young um, in the system when he did come on, even if they are, you know, Neil Huntington guys, because he had, you know, more years in their development, uh, like a Quinn Priester, like what's he going to do this year? I mean, yeah, it was a Neil Huntington guy, but by the time that, you know, Neil Huntington was gone he barely had any pitching done because the 2020 season was, was canceled. So you had 2019 after he was drafted a small sample size under Neil Huntington's development, the rest of Quinn Priester's development has been underneath, you know, Ben Sherrington's regime. So how is Quinn Priester going to play out? Just, just different players like that. And I think those are the questions we're going to see answered. And if, if it's a lot of negative answers by the end of next year, I, I think that, we may see, you know, kind of where this this build slash rebuild is going. Yeah, of course. And it's going to be fun covering it. You're going to be here every Thursday with me covering all of it. 
Uh, what do you got going on this upcoming week, Craig, over with uh, Bucks Basement and all the other things that you do? Um, inside the Bucks Basement here on Thursday, I have a, a Travis Swaggerty article coming out just because, you know, he's a big point of discussion. And I had it in the... Uh, I had it in the drafts for the longest time and, and just have been like trying to figure out what's, what's going on with Swaggerty. Uh, also, as I mentioned, uh, doing the minor league news and brews series, uh, coming out on YouTube at five o'clock on Friday, John Moses from the Altoona curve talking about the curve. And as always, every Wednesday, the regular box in the basement, uh, episode drops with me and Chris and pretty sure me and Chris will, find something to talk about here over these next two weeks oh yeah of course and of course here on the locked on pirates podcast tomorrow is saint patrick's day as you heard me mention earlier while you're watching me tomorrow uh ethan has left the building we'll just say that um gonna be having some fun in savannah tomorrow for saint patrick's day uh it'll be me and uh sully over at locked on mlb talking about the pirates on tomorrow's show so you'll enjoy that and then of course we'll have gary on on monday craig next thursday and then the gaps will fit in themselves so guys thank you so much for tuning in today to the locked on pirates podcast my name is ethan smith that is craig toth and we'll see you on the flip side